You know there's a way for nurses to start a business, but there's so many moving pieces. Cut to the crap. It's time to go right to the source and get real about what's working in business and marketing for nurses with your host, the founder of Nursepreneurs, Katie Harris. And this is an episode of the Nurse Burner podcast. And today we have Ashley Hay from A. Hay Nursing, which is a healthcare content and consulting business. Um, she is a nurse and uh, an oncology nurse. So, Ashley, thank you so much for being here with us. Thanks for having me, Katie. Sure. So um, give us some background about like what type of nurse you were. You know, I see that you're an oncology nurse. Were you always an oncology nurse and how did it kind of lead to where you are today? Yeah. Um, so I dedicated my entire bedside career to oncology nursing. It was a population I really just loved serving. Um, I was a bedside nurse for a little over 12 years. I started um, at a top cancer hospital in New York City. And I just, I had a really incredible career. I got a ton of experience. Um, I frequently flipped back and forth between adult and pediatric care. Um, one, to avoid burnout, but also I uh, tend to get bored a little easily and enjoy a new challenge. And I'm really happy that I did that. Um, it gave me just a ton of different experience, um, everything from you know bone marrow to proton therapy, um, chemotherapy, you know, surgery, um, inpatient, outpatient, and, and I loved all of it. Um, it was really just, you know, such a privilege to be a part of so many different populations, um, journeys. So, so that was kind of my, um, bedside career. I was a little all over the place. <laughs> that doesn't and, sound all over the place. That sounds pretty niche. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, um, and then uh, my husband and I moved out to California a few years ago, um, where I took a few bedside jobs out here as well, still in the oncology care setting, um, both adult and pediatrics. Um, but really, you know, it just got too difficult for me over the years um, to maintain my bedside career um, while struggling with the chronic illness of my own. So that was kind of how I um, found my way into medical writing. So um, how did the chronic illness get you into writing? Did you, you need to be able to work from home? Is that what it was? Yeah, um, throughout my 20s and my early 30s, I um, ended up on disability a number of times. You know, the 12-hour shifts, night shifts, um, they're very physically demanding and obviously emotional as well, um, especially in oncology. And um, struggling with, uh, you know, I have um, a primary immune deficiency, which I know is a mouthful, um, which I was uh, getting infusions for, um, for almost 20 years. Um, so I was just really prone to infection. And obviously, you know, if you don't have a great functioning immune system, it can be really difficult um, to not catch every and anything that's kind of running around the hospital. Um, so that was difficult. And then as my autoimmune um, symptoms were progressing, um, like crippling arthritis and uh, a lot of debilitating fatigue, um, that was really kind of, it just got to a point where it wasn't manageable anymore. Um, and even, you know, decreasing my hours, working day shift, going per diem, really nothing was helping. So it was um, against my will a little bit, but it was just very much time to leave uh, bedside care. 
So I found my way into medical writing um, through kind of trial and error. I really was um, focusing on, you know, non-clinical nursing jobs, non-bedside nursing jobs. And I really did not come across much in my um, initial searches online and kind of speaking to my peers. Um, it's funny, but, you know, I think a lot of nurses are maybe subconsciously kind of taught to think that, you know, once a bedside nurse, always a bedside nurse until the day that you retire. And, and I felt that way too. Um, and I just, I couldn't imagine totally leaving the field. Um, I was lucky enough to come across a very small group of um, nurse writers who were really instrumental in, you know, telling me that I could do this and it was something I should pursue. Um, and I'm sure we'll talk about that a little bit more, but um, the mentorship for me was, was really critical um, to kind of break into this this new area for me. So how long ago was that? Why was, was this a recent change or has it been a while? Uh, yeah, that was um, 2017, so about three years. Um, you know, initially I um, was working uh, from home, just kind of doing more journalist um, style pieces, writing for um, niche websites, mainly nursing websites. That's really how I got my start. Uh, writing for allnurses.com, actually. They're a great start if uh, nurses want to kind of, you know, just try it out and see if it's for you. Um, they gave me a lot of autonomy, too, to write personal pieces um, as well as, you know, kind of instructional pieces as well. Um, so that was very cathartic for me um, to be able to kind of write about, you know, being on both sides of the bed rails. Um, that was really helpful throughout that time because, uh, it was, you know, very much a loss of identity um, for me initially to leave the bedside, um, having dedicated, you know, my, what felt like my whole life to that um, bedside career. Uh, so then from there, um, it took a little while to kind of get things off the ground. Um, you know, when you're first kind of building your writing portfolio, often um, the pay is very limited. Um, and I wouldn't say that it's sustainable necessarily. Um, so I was happy that I you know, kind of took small steps ahead of leaving the bedside to kind of get this off the ground. Um, and then I, you know, I moved on um, gaining different kinds of clients and, and writing different kinds of pieces. Um, for example, I write a lot of educational material uh, for certain clients, um, patient and provider facing. So whether that's for nurses or physicians, um, about really all different uh you know, medical specialties or diseases. So it's really fascinating for me too, because um, I get to continue to learn um, while educating, you know, my peers and um, everyone's patients. So it's kind of a win-win. All right. So let me ask you, so for all nurses, is this something that you get paid to do or is that something that you do for free? Mm. So uh, my first article that I wrote for them, um, I just kind of submitted it on a whim and wanted to see, you know, can I even write? Is this something that people are going to want? Um, so I did it. It took a couple weeks. And of course, that's when the imposter syndrome creeps in. And I think, okay, I haven't heard back. I must be a terrible writer. You know, there's, this is not going to work out. I should just throw it in the garbage. Um, and then to my surprise, you know, they came back to me and said, we really love this article. Um, we'd like to bring you on as a, as a nurse writer. And I was just so thrilled. And really, that's all I kind of needed was a little positive nudge. Um, but to answer your question about, you know, getting paid, 
uh, my first article, you know, I did not get paid. Um, and from what I understand, that's, that's pretty typical. Um, but they gave me a great opportunity to build up my portfolio. And then as I continued to submit pieces for them, you know, the price went up slowly but steadily. And um, then they were even able to offer me different opportunities um, through their clients who were looking for advertising or ghostwriting. And that's really what kind of launched me. Um, and then now fast forward, you know, I've incorporated my business, I've provided content consulting, um, a lot of medical editing for some really big clients. Um, it's really just, there's so much opportunity uh, in this medical writing niche that I really did not know existed. Yeah, no, it's something that they don't really tell you about <laughs> at all. <laughs> Uh, so that that's awesome. So All Nurses really kind of gave you a, um, um, I guess, an in in a way uh, mm -hmm. to access clients that you would not have otherwise known that they need uh, content writers or something. Absolutely. And like I said, you know, it was really critical um, at that point because they, they gave me such an opportunity to expand my portfolio and very rapidly. Um, so now I, you know, with them and, and combining um, other publications, I have over a hundred published articles, but um, it went very quickly from like zero to 30 to 50 to 70. Um, and that was really because, you know, if you have good content and you have something to say that's of interest to the community, they want to hear about it. Um, so, you know, I got a lot of inspiration from, you know, my bedside care, um, writing about, you know, IV placement hacks, something that I really love doing was placing IVs and they let me write about it. Um, so it, it was really just, it was a lot of fun. Um, and I, you know, I really like to go on that site and visit it. So for any nurses who haven't checked it out yet, I would definitely recommend it. Um, so your articles, are they, um, they're not just in oncology, they're all across the board. Is that right? Correct. Yeah. Um, and it's funny, actually, I, don't write a lot of oncology pieces. Um, it's just so niche um, that I think, you know, it's a, it's a very limited audience. Um, so a lot of the journalist, uh, journalistic style pieces that I've written, you know, for, for different magazines, websites, um, they're looking typically for more broad um, topics. Uh, it depends. I've actually gotten... Um, Another interesting opportunity in writing for a different um, publication where they had me doing a lot of healthcare interviews. Um, so that was kind of my first experience getting to call, you know, media relations at a big hospital and saying, hi, I'm a writer with so-and-so. Um, so stuff like that was exciting for me because it, you know, as, as we've learned, I really, I enjoy change um, and I like a challenge. So it was just kind of nice to, get my feet wet um, as kind of a different identity, really. Yeah, and yeah. then I get a ton of people, too, you know, through through interviewing them as well. So, you know, always making connections. Yeah, that's a, so I uh, used to work corporate Walmart, and I remember, like, one of the first phone calls I made, and I was so nervous because I was calling, like, the VP of nursing at, you know, wherever, and I was like, hi, it's Katie from Walmart. And they're like, oh, we'll go get her out of a meeting. I'm like, really? No, for me? <laughs> like, it's just me. Um, but, you know, when you have somebody's name attached to you that has a lot of, like, um, carries a lot of weight, it's, it, was, it was an interesting 
um, way. So I imagine working with some of these bigger clients too um, and calling hospital media relations. It's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty fun. Um, there's a lot of different things kind of in medical writing that I get a kick out of. Like, for example, I wouldn't think that ghostwriting would do it for me um, because, you know, you don't get the satisfaction of seeing your name, um, you know, that byline that you that you work really hard for. But it's really funny, the parallels to me. So, you know, bedside nursing, right? You have to tailor your tone to the audience that you're speaking to. You're not going to speak to a four-year-old the same way that you're going to speak to their parent, the same that you'd speak to an adult patient um, or an elderly patient, right? So, And then you're changing your tone when you speak to your peers. So um, kind of in, in ghostwriting, that was interesting to me to try to um, absorb whoever I was writing for, their tone, their style, um, but perfect it in a way that a medical writer can. So things like, you know, the, the parallels in, in medical writing and nursing, there, there are many. Um, it just took me a little while to kind of find them, but I really enjoy um, kind of tailoring my, my pieces, not only for my uh, audience, but then depending on who the client is as well. And so how do um, you kind of, um, well, let me ask you this. What do you have a variety of different types of clients, like maybe small business or and and major big um, companies as well? Like, is it a mix or is it one or the other? Yeah, it's definitely a mix. Um, I get a lot of emails from you know smaller startups that are kind of looking to work on a limited budget, but they need to um, you know get their information out there, get their education out there. Um, I'm always happy to kind of, you know, work and, and adjust um, my workflow for that to try and help out, you know, new entrepreneurs. Um, I have worked with some really big clients um, who have, you know, kind of more unlimited budgets. Um, uh, those are, you know, it really just kind of depends on what they're looking for. Typically, that's a little more um, content consulting. You know, can you look at our library of what we have? What do you think is missing? What could we include? Um, and I really just try and look at it from not only a provider's um, standpoint, but also as a patient. You know, if I was visiting the site, what would I want to look up or what do I think that they're missing? Um, so that's been helpful for me to have the experience of being on both sides. Um, I've worked with some, you know, organizations um, like nonprofits. Uh, those are really great too, because typically it's, it's very patient focused and everyone's goals are very much aligned. Um, so those are always nice clients to work with. It's really just been kind of all over the place. Um, I even got to write like a CEU course on um, oncologic emergencies. So education is really um, kind of my, my sweet spot. You know, it's what I really enjoy writing about and it, it comes very easily to me. Um, I think having done bedside and peer education for so long. Right. And do you set, um, do you have like packages that you offer or, you know, how do you set the price on, on what you do? Yeah. So that can be hard. Um, you know, one thing that I, I learned over having my business for a few years now is um, constantly adjusting your, your price points. Um, and because over the years, you know, no matter how well you kind of set up your client list and you know all of this work is coming to you there will be some months where i say like no i cannot take on anything else i'm so sorry you know i can offer you a referral to someone else and then there are months it's feast or famine so it, then there are other months that you have to plan 
for zero income as you know a possibility and you have to be able to kind of weather that storm um so yeah in terms of my price point um it really depends on the piece uh and what the client is is looking to do so there's a bunch of different kind of pricing structures that you can go with i typically offer um, more or less a standard editing rate per hour and a standard writing rate per hour then obviously if they want like a combination role you know where sometimes they need both um, you will obviously adjust your price accordingly um, but i've also worked for flat fees um, per project those are a definite learning curve um, because even if you kind of pad your hours there you'll get you'll get burned on a few of those before you really learn like you know okay this, this is how much my time is really worth um, and there's a lot of non billable hours um, that go into you know having your own business um, that you have to kind of just take all of that into account um, and for me I think that's what's really kept me afloat but also kept me growing every year and and truly not sticking with the same clients either. Um, it can be really scary when someone is, you know, sending you checks regularly and, you know, the workflow is great. And then all of a sudden, you know, you realize, okay, it's maybe time to move on um, and do some client acquisition. And that's a that's a little bit of a, of a scary spot. Um, but for me, you know, I've always kind of been a, a little bit of a risk taker and I just feel like I won't get any new experience if I don't try something different. Okay, so you don't like to hold on to people for too long. <laughs> you know, um, it's funny because I actually don't feel that way. Um, I've had some longer term clients who I've been with um, almost the entire time that I've had my business. Um, so for me, like I would never dedicate, you know, 40 hours to one client um, because I like to kind of, you know, juggle a few different things at once. Um, but, you know, you'll be surprised because sometimes a client will say, you know, let's do a six month contract. And then four, five, six contracts later, you're like, wow, we've been together for so long. And then just, you know, kind of like that, their budget can change, their mm -hmm. needs can change, they can get bought out by, you know, a different company. Um, so, so for me, it's just, I enjoy kind of the hunt of um, new client acquisition, but I've heard from some of my other freelance buddies that, you know, sometimes that can be, um, it's, it can be stressful, you know? Yeah. There's pros and cons definitely to, to both. Um, yeah. so how do you do your client acquisition? Like what would you, like, how would you start or how would you tell somebody to start? Yeah. So, you know, for example, starting 2020, I really, I kind of wanted to pivot, um, my business goals and, um, really obtain, new clients um, doing things that I hadn't done before. So for me, that really started with um, just making a, a list. Um, I actually am staring at my whiteboard here um, of, you know, 2020 business goals and not thinking of, you know, client uh, names or projects necessarily, but what I wanted to do and what I thought would give me satisfaction because I find that, you know, for anyone when you're satisfied and you feel good about the work that you're doing the outcome you know and what you're presenting um it, it's going to be great uh so especially with writing you know you have to be creatively inspired a little bit um to continue to want to do that so i started basically just by assessing my goals for the year and seeing what i wanted to to break into and then um a lot 
of my client acquisition comes from doing a lot of internet research. So looking for the companies, um, not only that are hiring, but more importantly, looking for companies that I feel I can add value um, to you know, their mission and their goals. Um, and I, I pitch a lot. Um, you know, I'm constantly sending out emails um, and updating my you know, CV and sending that out. So it's really just kind of a, a back and forth. Um, and sometimes I've had an experience where you, know, you think a client is gonna be really great and it's gonna work out perfectly and it seems like this you know, golden egg. And then once you get your hands on it, you're like, Oh no, no, no. Um, and Somebody that, take it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that's the, the beauty, you know, freelance is um, filled with a lot of freedom and opportunity. Um, but you also have to know when that means to kind of back off and, and maybe change your approach as well. Uh, so what does like a typical day look like for you and, and how much, how much do you have to work or feel like you need to, uh, to work in your business? Yeah, um, this is probably one of my least favorite questions because <laughs> I, um, I wish that I had more of a like structured personality where, you know, I could tell you that I get up every day at 8 a.m. and I do this, 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 and then I start my day. Um, but realistically, that's, that's not um, what works for me despite my best efforts over the years to really um, stick to that. So it really just depends on my content calendar. Um, I'm a really big list maker and I, um, you know, love kind of seeing my, my schedule for the week kind of laid out. Um, and I really just, it will change day to day depending on what I'm doing. Um, so that doesn't really answer your question well, but that's kind of how it goes. <laughs> so, do, um, but let me ask you this. Do you have like, do you work kind of like a, a 40 hour week or is it just like some weeks you work 10 hours and some weeks you're working 80 hours or does it average out? Yeah. Um, it really, again, also, you know, depends on the client and the project, but it typically, um, like last year, I would say all together, you know, I took a good amount of time off as well um, for, you know, things like vacation and, and self-care. Um, I probably worked nine months out of the 12 um, in total. And realistically, I work max um, like 30 hours a week. Um, but that's, you know, like actual billable time because then you... <laughs> as you know, um, you know, things like maintaining your books and all of your admin time, um, that easily fills up many hours of every single week. Yes. Um, yeah, so it, it really depends. Um, some weeks are, you know, it could be as little as 10 hours and other weeks certainly can be up to 50 hours. Um, so it just kind of depends. I did find what works really well for me, um, oddly enough, is to work Saturday mornings which usually I would like, you know, not really love as a nurse um, to have to work weekends or holidays. Um, but there's something very satisfying to me about, you know, letting my husband sleep in and I'm the one like up and working, you know, for hours um, before he kind of gets up and rolling. So it just, it depends on what works for you. I know some writers that only really like to work at night. Um, my brain doesn't quite work that way, but it's possible. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm the same way. I'm like, if it's not done by 10 a.m., it's probably not getting done. <laughs> but um, so is this something that it's like a, it could replace like a full-time income for a nurse or, you know, better than that? Or 
you know, maybe a little less than that, like where can something like this go? Easily. Um, I've had a lot of growth in terms of my income um, just from year one to year two. Um, and now, you know, projections going into 2020, um, hopefully, you know, the, the trend looks as though it's going to continue. So that's, that's always the goal, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I would say I, cert I am definitely making more than I was um, as a bedside nurse and uh, definitely working less hours. So um, for me, you know, if I had to really shake everything out, I would say, um, you know, over a year period, I work part-time, let's just say 20 hours a week every week. And, um, you know, I had no problem um, making a, a much larger salary than I would have as a bedside nurse working that many hours. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's very appealing. And I think that's what a lot of listeners are probably <laughs> like, just, well, tell us uh, that we can do this and, and uh, get away from the bedside, which can you be can. extremely like, oh my God. Um, but so then the other question to that is, in terms of growth, since you're only one person, are you able to kind of like replicate yourself in some way or, or grow? Or are you just happy where you are and what, what you're doing? Yeah, um, that's another struggle, you know, kind of the bigger that you get. Um, and because it is, it's hard to turn away work. You know, when I first started, I would die to have some of these clients come to me and ask for, you know, for me to work for them. Um, but, you know, realistically, you have to know what you're capable of. And, and I very much pride myself on delivering, um, you know, quality content. Um, and you can't do that if you're cranking out quantity um, all the time. You know, there's, there's a fine balance. Um, I would say um, that, you know, it just, it, it, you really just have to kind of find what works for you. Um, you know, you can give all of this advice, um, but it, it, you have to just kind of see, you know, where your strengths and your weaknesses lie and then kind of work from that. Um, I am always really happy and kind of stunned um, when nurses come to me now, you know, via email or however um, they find me on social media. And um, I've said this, you know, on other podcasts that I am the one suddenly answering questions instead of constantly asking them. Um, so it, it's kind of nice and truly I'm always happy, um, to help any nurses, um, looking to kind of break into this field. Um, you know, feel free to, to reach out. I'm more than happy to help. That's awesome. And, and we'll definitely get all of your show notes or your, um, links and stuff. But you know, the one other kind of question that I, I want to get a handle on is like how much, um, like how many clients at a time could you handle and how many pieces are, are you writing like 500 word blogs or are these like 10,000 word papers? Like I'm just trying to understand how much work is involved. Yeah. Um, and I hate have I hate that I keep giving this answer, but it really does depend, right? It'll depend on how quickly you can get the work done. You know how how fast can you write a thousand word piece, um, and then how long does it take you to edit to go back? Um, to give you an example, my first year in business, I think I had somewhere between eight and ten clients, which is a lot um, to balance. And you know they weren't all these huge projects. But then last year. Um, for 2019, um, I made a lot more money, but, and I only worked for three clients. So it, you know, it's, it's really a learning curve. And I would say, especially for your first five years in business, 
Um, I think it, it takes, you know, time to figure it out. Um, and I did want to go back to your other question, um, you know, in terms of like feeling like I need to replicate myself. Um, that's, a, that's a big uh, question that I think a lot of entrepreneurs and freelancers have kind of in medical writing is, you know, when is it time to bring on subcontractors? When is it time to bring on employees? And I've gone back and forth with that. Um, for me right now, it doesn't, you know, you have to make sure that you have enough work um, to bring on other people. And for me, I'm really happy kind of being a one woman show here um, for now. And I, um, you know, have a, a number of um, nurse writers that I will refer work to and, you know, vice versa. So if they have something that's kind of in my wheelhouse, you know, they'll send it my way. And if I have something that I want to pass on and I have someone in mind, you know, I, I'll always send it, uh, send the work their way. So it can be a really nice, um, mutually beneficial relationship. So I, I think, uh, you know, in terms of trying to figure out what you can do hourly, I would say if you've never done it, you might as well just double the, your estimate because um, it really, it takes a lot more brain power, I think, in the beginning um, because it is overcoming a lot of imposter syndrome. So, you know, you'll write this great paragraph and you think it's wonderful. You go have a cup of coffee and you come back and you look at it and you're like, what, what is this? It's garbage. And it's not. Um, it just, you know, you have to just kind of get over yourself <laughs> a little bit in the writing sector um, to just, you know, keep keep moving forward. That's awesome. Yeah. And, I, you know, I, I like that you said that because some people uh, in terms of like being a solopreneur, um, you know, a lot of us don't like managing large teams. And if that's not something that you want, uh, you know, there's no need to replicate yourself if you're happy doing what you're doing. And, you know, I've seen people in masterminds that are like, I'm supposed to, you know, grow. And they're like, why? Just if you're happy the way you are, just do what you're doing. And, and uh, it's all good. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I just, um, I actually went to um, the American Medical Writers Association um, conference this year. I, I spoke at the event and it was funny because, um, you know, there was a, uh, class on um, subcontracting, pros and cons. And they had two entrepreneurs who, um, you know, had very different views on, on what it is. And, and I was really happy when I left that because I thought, you know what, this really solidified to me, like those cons for my business right now outweigh the pros. But I could very easily see that in that room of however many people, um, there were many that probably thought, you know what, I'm ready to move on and to hire some other people and expand this business. Um, so, you know, we'll see. It's constantly shifting your, your business goals um, and your personal goals, really. Yeah, that's what I love about business. <laughs> it's like constantly evolving. And it was like one of the reasons that I was never really a good employee was because I'm always trying to evolve to something and, you know, your employers don't usually like that. So, yeah, um, <laughs> it's true. It, that makes a great um, entrepreneur. It Yes, I agree with you that employers, it's not always the best. So that's why if you are that way, consider <laughs> your own business. Yeah. And this work. sounds something amazing. And it sounds like there's a lot of work that's available in this area as well. There really is. Um, and, it, you know, I think people think uh, nurses, you know, well, I have to be a subject matter expert to be able to write. Um, and I heard on another um, episode, 
that you had, um, even, you know, in the media, right? Like we're so hesitant to give a quote or give our expertise. Um, and I, I believe that that's true in writing as well. Um, for some reason, we're a little bit more, you know, nervous to put our opinion out there wondering if it's a value. And I will tell you, it certainly is. Um, and clients really value, um, you know, nurses that are able to write or edit these pieces because you have this critical eye um, that just, it, it doesn't necessarily come um, from, you know, people who are on the outside looking in. Uh, so, so use that clinical judgment um, and, and get out there if it's for you. Awesome. Ashley, thank you so much for doing this um, podcast with us. Can you uh, just tell people where they can find you, how they can get a hold of you if they want? Oh, yeah. Um, so on social media, um, my handle for pretty much everything is uh, A-H-A-Y Nursing, A -H -A -Y nursing. Um, and you can visit my website at ahaynursing.com. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you.